name is Jackie Lamport. Today is Thursday, February 3rd. Welcome to the Capital Daily Podcast. Today on the show. One of our big objectives was not only to normalize that nature and health message, but we also wanted to work to reduce barriers to nature access. A new program spreading across Canada allows healthcare professionals to provide patients with prescriptions for nature. On Monday, Parks Canada announced that they would be backing the program. So today we learn more about how it works, the benefits it can have on our health, and the program's goals. Today's Capital Daily Podcast is brought to you by the Belfry Theatre. Tucked away in Fernwood, the Belfry produces smart, entertaining new theatre from Canada and around the world. This season features pay-what-you-want tickets for every performance. For tickets or more information, please visit belfry.bc.ca. That's B-E-L-F-R-Y dot B-C dot C-A. What started as a grassroots movement in America has made its way north to our country. Here, Canada's first national evidence-based nature prescription program goes by the name PARCS, a prescription for nature. Essentially, it gives healthcare professionals the ability to prescribe nature to patients and block their visits. On Monday, PARCS Canada announced that they would be backing the program. With the new backing from Parks Canada, healthcare professionals can prescribe a pass to our national parks, a value of about $70. It is now operational in BC, Ontario, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. According to Parks, spending time in the forest drops inflammation and stress in adults with COPD and reduces the risk of lung infections, reduces your risk of developing heart disease, high blood pressure, and diabetes. Also, 90% of us say we're happier when we're outside. And stress hormone levels drop significantly after just 15 minutes of sitting in a forest. Their website also cites work that shows that for kids with ADHD, a 20-minute walk in the park can improve concentration scores similar to prescription stimulant medication, and kids with more green space in their neighborhoods, especially near their schools, have higher test scores and graduation rates. Those are just a few of the benefits that they explain on their website. Dr. Melissa Lem is the director of the program. She is a Vancouver family physician, and she also works in rural and northern communities within Canada. On top of those roles, she is the president-elect of the Canadian Association of Physicians for the Environment and a longtime advocate for the health benefits of nature and ecosystem conservation. Co-producer Martin Bauman spoke with her to learn more about the program. Here's their conversation. Dr. Lem, thanks for joining the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. This prescription project is fascinating, and I have many questions, but first, uh, I'm curious to know, what exactly does this news mean for Victorians and those elsewhere on the island? Well, just for some context, we launched Park Prescriptions, or PARX, with the BC Parks Foundation just over a year ago in November 2020. And since then, we've been rolling out across the country. So we've launched also in um, Ontario, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. And any doctors or nurses or licensed healthcare professionals who are registered in our program could use our platform and our customized nature prescription files and resources to prescribe nature to their patients. But it was a pure recommendation written down on a piece of paper or emailed to a patient. There was nothing that really went along with it other than the healthcare provider's recommendation. So now with this new collaboration with Parks Canada, we can actually prescribe 
adult discovery passes to our patients along with our nature prescriptions. So I think one, one of our big objectives was not only to sort of normalize that nature and health message in the population among my colleagues in the health profession, but we also wanted to work to reduce barriers to nature access. And I think being able to prescribe a free discovery pass uh, to patients goes a long way towards doing that. Absolutely. I'm really interested in talking a little bit more about reducing those kinds of barriers. You were talking about the, a little bit of the history here. I, I would be curious to hear more first. How exactly did this project get off the ground or where does it all go back to? Well, the nature prescription movement, I would say this kind of modern one, probably began with the Healthy Parks, Healthy People conference in Australia in 2010, where Parks Victoria brought together a lot of international researchers and partners to talk about how parks are not only just preserving green space and parks is not only just good for the environment, but it's also good for human health. In terms of my own interest in nature, it really goes back over a decade ago. And this happened when I moved from northern BC, where it was my first family practice as a new graduate family doctor. Um, I was working in a small town with an emergency room, um, delivering babies all night, you know, taking care of acute inpatients without many resources, but I loved it. And I think a major part looking back now was that I was surrounded by nature. So whenever I, I had a stressful encounter, whenever I had a stressful shift, I could just head right out my back door and go for a hike. Um, I could see bears walking across my driveway. I lived in a house on the hospital grounds. My commute was six or seven minutes of looking at mountains and the mist rising over the river on my way to work. Um, but then when I moved from BC to, to Toronto for family reasons, I actually ended up living quite close to downtown Toronto. And my view instead was this little blue patch of sky with the CN Tower in it that actually now has been covered over by another building. So we, we got out of there before that happened. But, um, and so I remember just thinking, sitting there in the apartment and hearing streetcars rattle by and feeling really stressed and thinking, why, why even though the medicine here is so much easier, I'm doing easy outpatient um, student health at the University of Toronto, why do I feel so much more stressed? And then I started to think about how I dealt with stress when I was in BC. And I thought it was because I spent a lot of time in nature. And so like any good, physician who practices evidence-based medicine, I thought, you know what, intuition isn't good enough. This needs to be backed up by research. So I started doing a literature review to look into what evidence there might be for these health benefits. And I found there was this massive body of evidence behind the health benefits of nature. Going back at that time, it was about three decades deep and it spanned anything from mental health to children's health, to chronic diseases. And I thought, how did I not know about this? You know, I've been a nature lover my whole life. My, my family called me a tree hugger when I was growing up. How, how did I have no idea about this? And so from that point on, I made it my mission to educate my colleagues and also my patients about the health benefits of nature. And, and so when I moved to uh, BC at the end of 2015, we settled in for a bit and then I connected with the BC Parks Foundation who had the same idea to launch a national nature prescription program. And so I think it was really the coming together of medicine and the park sector that, that really allowed this program to launch and be successful. Mm. You know, you're talking about that intuitive sense. You know, I, I think we can feel intuitively that, of course, uh, exercise is good for us, that getting outdoors is good for us. Uh, we're very lucky here, of course, in British Columbia, on Vancouver Island, or on coastal BC, to have such beautiful places to get outdoors. I think 
COVID showed us that over the last two years, as so many of us took to trails to get out of home isolation. I'm curious to hear just a little bit about the short and long-term health benefits. You know, what makes access to nature different from merely going for a walk somewhere down a street in, say, Toronto or Vancouver? That's a great question. So a lot of people think, oh, it must be the exercise and physical activity benefits of heading out, right? Because when you head out into a park, usually you you walk there, or when you get to the park, you're running around or, or hiking or biking in the park. But in fact, there is research showing that spending time in nature and exercising in nature actually has health benefits over and above just exercise alone. So there's this neat study where people were walking on a treadmill and they showed them images of nature scenes or images of city scenes. And they actually found the people who exercised looking at the nature scenes dropped their blood pressure more and increased their self-esteem significantly more than when they looked at the urban scenes. So there's something about nature that's really good for our brains. And when you spend time in nature, it's this source of soft fascination. So it's interesting, but it doesn't require you to constantly direct your attention. So what that does is it replenishes those powers of attention and reduces that fatigue and irritability and just makes your brain happier. And then the other theory is called stress reduction theory. And this theory speaks to how your brain can recover faster after a stressful event when you're in nature compared to a built environment. And this goes back to evolution. So if you think about it, nature has everything that we need to survive. When you're in an area with high biodiversity, there are often sources of water, sources of food, shelter, trees you can climb up to get away from predators. So basically brains that, that grew to love spending time in these natural settings tended to survive longer and then passed on their nature-loving genes to future generations. Their, their stress reduction genes went in nature to future generations. And so that's why our brains are really hardwired to feel at their best in nature. And we'll take a quick break here for a word from our sponsor. Today's Capital Daily Podcast is brought to you by Berwick Retirement Communities. Berwick is a second-generation, family-run business with a reputation for offering an unparalleled standard of living with the amenities of a friendly and vibrant community. Visit berwickretirement.com to learn more and get ready for your best adventure yet. You were talking about reducing barriers earlier, and I want to get to that, but I'm curious about... With this prescription to Parks Canada that physicians can issue in, in BC and other provinces, how exactly does a patient actually get a prescription like this? Uh, you know, who is it available to? Right. Well, it has to come from a registered prescriber. So only registered licensed healthcare professionals who, who are part of our program can prescribe these park passes. It can't just be any, any physician or nurse or physiotherapist or occupational therapist. So what they need to do is visit our website, www.parkprescriptions.ca, the prescriber, and then they can start prescribing nature through our program and we'll have access to those Parks Canada passes. So if you're a patient who wants it and thinks that, for example, the cost of a pass might be a barrier for you to access nature, or you live near a national park or national historic site or um, marine conservation area, if you really want one of them and you, and you think you qualify, you could uh, approach your healthcare provider and say, hey, there's this great program that's happening with Parks Canada and PARX in BC and across Canada, actually. Um, why don't you register so you can prescribe me a pass? So, I mean, I think probably 
I'm hoping that more of this impetus to, to provide patients with passes will come from prescribers because they're sort of the gateway, like they'll be able to identify patients who really need them. But yeah, it does have to come from someone who's registered in our program. Mm. How, how stringent are the qualifications? I mean, I, I think any one of us could agree <laughs> we would all benefit <laughs> from, uh, from this kind of access. Yeah, well, um, you first of all, you have to be a licensed healthcare provider. So you have to be regulated um, by a college or some kind of uh, regulatory board to prescribe in our program. And then, I mean, it again, it's it depends on the prescriber, right? So, for example, I live in Vancouver and there are, I mean, I think there's one historic site that's a national historic site that's near me in Richmond, but I'm not going to drive or take transit all the way out there, you know, on most days of the week to, to spend time there, even though it's a beautiful site. Whereas someone who lives in Richmond near that site might actually benefit more from that pass because, because they have ready access to it. And then certainly if you live on Vancouver Island, if you live in Tofino or kind of near that area, doctors who live in that area and nurses who live in that area would probably be better to prescribe those passes to those patients as opposed to my patients in Vancouver. So really we're thinking about proximity to these national parks administered sites and also the need of the patient. I would say it's it's we shouldn't be prescribing to for example high income patients who you know who take luxurious vacations, you know it's more for people who for whom cost is a barrier to mm-hmm. accessing mm-hmm. nature. I was wondering about equitability. One of the things that initially came to mind for me is, uh, you know, being in Victoria, access to a family physician, primary care is very difficult for a lot of people. Not every Victorian or not every Vancouver Islander has a family physician. Is this program accessible to someone through a walk-in clinic? Could a, could a physician who works at a walk-in clinic prescribe uh, the same sort of pass? Yes, absolutely. So if they're registered in our program, they can prescribe passes to their patients. And I just want to say supplies are limited. So we're um, limiting prescribers to prescribe only one pass per month to a patient who really needs it. So yeah, but any licensed healthcare professional can. It could be a nurse. It could be a psychologist. It could be an occupational therapist or physiotherapist. Really, there. if you don't have a family physician or a physician who can prescribe it to, there are other health professionals who can prescribe I know one other barrier that still exists for some folks is not just getting access to Canada's parks, but actually getting to parks from where they live. You know, if somebody's living in Richmond, say, and uh, wants to get to a historic site, or if somebody's living in Tofino on the island and wants to get to Pacific Rim, uh, I understand you're working on an element of that with respect to transit. Could you just talk about what comes next in this work or the sorts of things you're, you're hoping to see happen still? Transportation is a major issue when it comes to nature access. That's something that comes up all the time when we speak with people about their barriers. And so that is a longer term plan that we have is to approach transit agencies and talk to them about, for example, designating park buses or allowing people who indicate that they're going to uh, head to a park and back during their daily routine to give them free access. But that's a big project. You know, we're rolling out across the country and establishing partnerships with less major organizations, but it's definitely on the list of things to do because it has been identified as an issue. Thank you so much for your conversation. Really appreciated it. You're welcome, Martin. If you want to help support Capital Daily's local journalism and connect your business with our engaged and curious Greater Victoria audience of over 50,000, you can email our partnerships team at advertising at capitaldaily.ca.
Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and a review and also subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes going forward. We post new shows every Monday to Friday. My name is Jackie Lamport. This is the Capital Daily Podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow.